Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on 109 Years of the Fed and Inflation, this Tuesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, seeking to affirm some children who live on the streets in Mumbai, India, Ranjit created a song of their names, coming up with a unique melody for each name. He taught them the tune, hoping to give them a positive memory related to what they're called. For children who don't regularly hear their name spoken in love, he bestowed on them a gift of respect. Names are important in the Bible, often reflecting a person's character traits or new role. For instance, God changed the names of Abram and Sarai when he made a covenant of love with them, promising that he would be their God and that they would be his people. Abram, which means exalted father, became Abraham, which means father of many. And Sarai, which means princess, became Sarah, which means princess of many. God's new names included the gracious promise that they would no longer be childless. When Sarah gave birth to their son, they were overjoyed and named him Isaac, which means he laughs. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. We show honor and respect to people when we call them by name and affirm who God has created them to be. A loving nickname that affirms someone's unique qualities as one created in the image of God can do the same. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God and the God of all names. You made us in your image and love us. Shape us and mold us to be more like you. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Tuesday show here on Right Spokane Perspective. And, you know, yours truly just got done celebrating a birthday on New Year's Day. And just seems as though another entity ended up doing the same thing over the last couple of weeks. And we're talking about the Federal Reserve, folks. If you're going to announce the birthday of an entity and your own birthday (laughs) don't you have to espouse how many decades and years of experience you have with that birthday (laughs) i mean i wish i could turn the numbers around because then it would be i'm 36 again (laughs) you're you're 36 again that would be great well and that's what we do for the ladies in our lives we always reverse those numbers you know after a certain time frame yes of course and uh here uh real soon uh sometime next month the wife is going to end up turning 26 there you go just like kids again you bet here's your first headline ladies and gentlemen as the fed turns 109 years old the u.s dollar's purchasing power eroded by more than 96 percent since it was created now 109 years ago the u.s federal reserve was created and ever since that day the purchasing power of the u.s dollar has dropped a great deal Since the Fed started, more than 96% of the greenbacks purchasing power has been erased via inflation. Now, during the last 100 years, economists have blamed the U.S. Federal Reserve for a great deal of America's rising inflation. American economist and social theorist Thomas Sowell referred to the Fed as a cancer. And former politicians like Ron Paul have called on the masses to abolish the Fed. Prior to the creation of the Fed on December 23, 1913, America had two central banks that preceded the current U.S. Central Bank. 
Now, the first U.S. Central Bank started in 1791, which was the first bank of the United States, a financial institution chartered by Congress at the time. The second attempt to create a central bank in America was in 1816 with the formation of the second bank of the United States. The third central bank is the current financial institution we know of today called the Federal Reserve, and it was officially created 109 years ago, just before Christmas Eve. Now, isn't that interesting? Just before Christmas Christmas Eve, Eve. they they created the Federal (laughs) Reserve. Now, why does the government hit us right before or immediately thereafter Christmas? What's up with that? Well, and it's interesting, too, because it's Congress that puts these things into action by creating acts by Uh Congress. And and they do these major things while everybody is, uh, you know, spending time with family. Of course, now in modern days, you're spending time trying to get a flight to get back to family. Family. (laughs) But everybody's busy in preparations and wrapping paper and figuring out how to deal with Crazy Uncle Joe, not just the president, but Crazy Uncle Joe. You know, how are we going to make sure this thing goes off without the cops being called, right? Right. Or somebody getting injured or threatened with, you know, maybe a device that maybe someone gets threatened off near homeless encampments <laughs> or homeless shelters like not machetes but more meat cleavers type. <laughs> so, so that's what during the holidays everyone's focused on that you know getting the turkey making sure the ham and you got the seasoning and you got all the stuff that that is so stressful about the holidays so we're not paying attention to what congress is doing as much people have turned off their television they've turned off the news they're listening to christmas music they got the hallmark channel playing for grandma or aunt whomever yeah. And and so they don't know that Congress just spent another two generations of money in an omnibus bill. And we just saw that this last year, day before Christmas, right? Yeah, exactly, and, man. And so 1.7 trillion with a T, folks. And so, you know, people that know history and Christians that realize there's nothing new under the sun, these games, the evil has been played, right? Right. Sodom and Gomorrah is not a new idea. I mean, LGBTQ agenda is not a new idea. So we need to know that these characters who just happen to be evil characters <laughs> will manipulate the masses and just at that time where they're hoping to extra- extract the m- most amount of tax revenue according to sales tax from you the christmas season they are plotting against you while you're busy being a consumer right so so they're they're extracting it from you through taxes as you go to get things for your family and provide for your family for the the, the oncoming season the next year, whether it's new socks, underwear, whatever you got for Christmas. Sure, sure. You know, sometimes it's a new toaster, whatever. You know, <laughs> y- you got mom a new crock pot because the last one broke last Thanksgiving, right? So you're doing those things and Congress is plotting against you to take more of your individual's liberty away. And a lot of times that individual liberty also has to do with individual property ownership, including your paycheck. That's right. right. And that's what they did with the Federal Reserve back in the early 1900s in building a centralized banking system prior to, you know, a a centralized banking system. What happened just after that? It didn't take too long. And then we had... Oh, a Great Depression. And you saw a lot of American wealth transition from Americans, hardworking Americans, what used to be the the booming middle class, right? The roaring 20s. Right, yeah. And basically, it just got pumped into this new 
kind of system that had nothing to do with, I mean, it's kind of like the bank transfers and, and the wealth in banking these days, the credit card corporations and, and all of these service contracts with moving our money around. That started with the central banking system that was created back before the Great Depression. Right. Yeah. You betcha, man. And right before Christmas. And right before Christmas, too. All right. This article continues on. Now, because of the panic of 1907, Americans at the time were convinced that a central bank was needed. A secret set of meetings on Jekyll Island that included America's top financial elites and the so-called money trust crafted the foundations of the Federal Reserve System. The American people were kept in the dark about the meetings between Senator Nelson Aldrich and the House of Morgan. The House of Morgan. Is that Pierce Morgan? Uh, I don't know. I don't, this, is, this is a long it, time ago, man. It, it, it's not the House of Pierce Morgan because he's just a, kind of a funny leftist guy, I think. It, yeah. I think it has to do with the, the family of the Morgan Investment Corporation, right? Morgan uh, Stanley? It may very well. I couldn't tell you, and I don't think that this article will actually you know, educate you that far. Not that far. Anyway, the secret Jekyll Island meetings took place on November 20th, 1910, and November 30th, 1910. The House of Representatives voted on the Federal Reserve Act on December 22nd of 1913, the U.S. Senate voted on the act the next day, and President Woodrow Wilson signed the act into law on Christmas Eve. Ever since this point, the greenbacks American use that claim to be promissory notes backed by the U.S. Federal Reserve that, that's when they became, have lost considerable value. And, and that's when they became promissory notes. Yes, that's when and, they became promissory, and, and, and they not weren't backed by anything. They weren't backed by Congress, and well, there there was some backing. I mean, it did take decades to really manipulate it into a full fiat currency, but it, you know, this was the, a big step. Yeah, you betcha. Now, furthermore, some would say that only if the pace of money expansion surpasses the pace of increase in the production of goods, will we have a general increase in prices. However, some individuals also insist that other types of government interference like irrational spending, yeah, $1.7 trillion right before Christmas, sanctions and regulations can make the price of goods and services rise unnaturally. Well, and we've been seeing that because Absolutely. I'm going to share this next article with you and you'll see exactly what we're talking about, folks. Now, statistics show between 1913 and 2017, the U.S. dollar has lost more than 96% of its purchasing power, according to the American Enterprise Institute. Wow, that is just mind-blowing, man. Mind-blowing for sure. All right, this next article that I wanted to share with you folks is exactly what we saw in increased prices driven by inflation oh, oh, oh. just last year, folks. Just to correct it on the last story, did I say Morgan Stanley? That's not what I meant. I meant right. J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan. Like J.P. Morgan, now it's J.P. Morgan Chase. And the Morgan family dynasty in banking basically throughout the world started in the late 19th century. Aha. Interesting stuff. Yeah, and I, and there was a lot to Jekyll Island. If you uh, want to, if folks want to really get educated on what happened to our currency, the money in the Federal Reserve, and Jekyll Island, there's a lot out there to research about how that was a process that wasn't created by citizens that, like the article said, that decided we needed a centralized bank. It was we were propagandized to accept having one by and, the financial elites at the time, and it was basically yeah, financial elites, kind of like what you see with World Economic Forum and things like that. They were 
were already doing that sort of thing at that point in time to transition us into a monetary system that was controlled by these centralized banks instead of, you know, individual families in different parts of the country where you could have generational wealth. They take it away through the different kinds of banking systems and how they manipulate currencies and economies. Yep. You betcha, man. So Jekyll Island, big story, big story there. Yeah. All the people got to do their listening is just Google Jekyll Island and I'm sure that you're going to get a plethora of hits on that for sure. Yeah, exactly. All and right. DuckDuckGo Duck might give you a different search. Yeah, it could. Uh, yeah, it could. Yeah, instead of, yeah, because there's a lot of different things about that that uh, they would say you're a conspiracy theorist if you read those articles. You bet. Now, inflation has been at the top of the mind over the last year, looming over every aspect of the economy. But how has inflation actually impacted the price of everyday goods like bread and butter or gas and public transportation? In this visual or audio that I'm about ready to share with you folks, we showcase selected items and how inflation has impacted the price year over year. Additionally, we've charted the overall price increases across the overarching goods categories using data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, how much have the cost of goods gone up? Inflation has caused the cost of many goods to increase significantly compared to last year. The most dramatically affected items is elementary school lunches, a cost in the U.S. that is already unaffordable for many, many families. And I'm going to go ahead and share with you the remainder of the story when we come back from the break, since we are getting a little bit close. I I think it's interesting that the elementary school lunches is the one that they're talking about has increased. If we start looking back, you know, you look decades back, how long has school lunch been served by the public education system and and not sent to school with the children by their parents. I think that has a lot to do with centralized power over agriculture. Yeah. And 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 I can tell you that program was ongoing when I was in high school at North Central and I graduated in 1978, folks. Okay. So, you know, my sophomore, junior, senior year. Yeah. Everybody had uh, lunch tickets that, you know, folks could pay for for the reduced lunch thing or free lunch thing and that went all the way back to the 70s man and it was probably even earlier than that i don't know Oh, definitely yeah and that's the kind of stuff when you want to talk about school lunches and affordability of food that's a whole nother investigation having to do with subsidizing of farming and and uh, farm insurance and the takeover of our agriculture industry by the department of agriculture but we got to take a break we'll be right back To our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. A lot of your beef comes from Brazil, Africa, and China. Bet you didn't know that. The Spokane County cattlemen know that, and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families. Find them on Facebook right now. That burger you just got at your favorite drive-thru has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers, and in other words, folks, buy locally. 
The Spokane County cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. With today's Corona controlled society, the shopping restrictions and possible rationing, making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part. Be secure. Buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on 109 years of the Fed and inflation this Tuesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. All right, jumping back in, man. You ready for this, Tim? Food at elementary and secondary schools went up 254.1%. Okay, and that is from year to year, November 2021 to November 2022. Okay. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. So it I mean, is. obviously we've seen uh, the increased costs in food. You, you know, you can pull up at the drive through and, you know, you used to be able to get that double cheeseburger meal for like six ninety nine. right now. It's like 10 bucks. So are you, know, you kidding me, man? It was six ninety nine ten 10 years ago. It was 10 bucks. Two years ago, it's twelve bucks. It, one year it, ago, and yeah. now it's like fifteen bucks for that hamburger happy meal. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's nuts, it, man. <laughs> it, it, it has been uh, an exponential rise in, yes. in price. But school lunches. I mean, did you see what they serve in those things? I mean, sometimes it's it's, it's pretty bad. Not very. Good. Yeah, I remember when the kids were in school back in the early, well, mid 2000s, early 2000s, you know, the cheese zombies. It was basically oh, yeah. like some kind of substitute for, I, I think, cheese and noodles. I'm not. You Macaroni know, and cheese? <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know that it's really cheese, and I'm not sure what they made the noodles out of. <laughs> All right, continuing on. Food at employee sites went up 110.1%. Fuel oil is up 65.7%. Eggs, 49.1%. Margarine, 47.4%. Other motor fuels, 43.3%. That's interesting where you went from margin to other motor fuels. Yeah. Because, yeah, research says butter's healthier for you than margarine. Because margarine is basically whipped vegetable oil. Yeah, right? yeah, you bet. And now, and they're trying to send us into clean energy. And later on in the week, we'll be talking a little bit about that, you know, with carbon credits and things like that. But there is no carbon credits with vegetable oil. In fact, we fund the production of vegetable oil that creates margarine. But I guess it's also creating motor oil. Yeah. Well, check this out, man, because at the bottom of the list, butter is up 27%. Now, hold on. How much is margarine up? Margarine is up almost 50%. So so it's kind of like, dude, you better be buying the butter. (laughs) They're buttering us up, Mike. (laughs) There you go, buddy. (laughs) All right. Airline fares are up 36%. That is, of course, if you can get a ticket and then keep the ticket. (laughs) And and keep the flight. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Uh, You you might just not be able to redeem the ticket and have to wait for a different flight. And maybe go to uh, another city before you get back to the city you want to go to. Yeah, you betcha, man. Now, after school lunches, fuel oil and eggs rank high in terms of big jumps in their prices, increasing by 66% and 49% respectively. Some other notable increases, airfares have gone up 36%, living room, kitchen, dining room furniture went up 10.3%, and alcoholic beverages at home by 4.5%. Not in Washington, though, because we, we passed that law in Washington, so alcoholic beverages went up, especially in the spirits area, when you're talking about hard alcohol, I think it went up about 38%. Yeah, and our minimum in wage. State. Yeah, minimum wage went up on the 1st of January. It's up like $15 an hour now, isn't uh, it? Yeah, I think 
think 1540 something like that it's yeah. it's uh it's, it's a up lot. there now it, it's getting it's getting crazy and so a lot of and of course the argument that people had with the minimum wage going up was that your people that had been in industry for decades to get to you know fifteen dollars an hour? They the companies were going to have to raise them up, of sure. course, because of the minimum wage. So, you know, so the minimum wage is going up faster than other wages. So you've got a. You know that some of your unemployment crisis is people saying, "Look, I'm getting paid almost as much not to work, or as much not to work, as working." And look at these snot-nosed brats that are coming in that can't show up to work, that can't you know do the task that the job requires. They're making what I was making three years ago to start. Yeah, exactly. You know, so or ten years ago, if you will. Sure. Now the story continues. However, a number of goods actually have gone down in the index, if you will. And that would be smartphones by 23%. Televisions went down 17%. This is a weird one, Tim, but uncooked beef roast went down 8%. Admission to sporting events went down 7%. That's, that's the beef roast from China. <laughs> it must be. Well, Car all the, and truck all the, rentals. All, all the other stuff is coming from China, you yeah. know, that you just listed there. All the electronics and oh, things. Oh, yeah, you betcha. It's been completely outsourced. And, and what's really interesting about this list as of yet is everything that's on that list other than the food the the rump roast is that the increased items that were up 20 30 40 50 percent were all food items necessities in our culture as Mm -hmm. human beings that need to eat sure and i don't think cell phones are a necessity to survive i think that they're a luxury and they've gone down in price so the luxuries are are coming down in price where the necessities are going up i don't think that's that's a good situation to have happen, especially when we're looking at recessionary numbers. Yeah, you betcha, man. All right. Overall, the items in the basket of goods under consumer price index have increased by a collective 7.1% since last year, making purchasing necessary food and energy items more difficult. Now, here's another look at how each overarching category increased between November 2021 and November 2022. Food overall is up 10.6%. Energy is up overall 13.1%. All other items, excluding food and energy, are up 6%. Purchasing your everyday ingredients to cook with, energy to heat your home, and all other items that are standard in our everyday lives has become increasingly expensive. In an effort to counter inflation pressures, the U.S. Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates to make borrowing more difficult in order to push down demand. Heading into 2023, many feel that a recession is on the way, and a lot of households will have to continue borrowing at higher rates to keep up with the basic goods purchases. On the upside, some experts anticipate that although there will be an economic downturn, it will be brief and won't deeply impact the economy like the past ones. It will be brief. Now, come on. Are we going to listen to these guys? No. Because before they said it was transitory, right? Yeah. It, was, it was doing a transition thingamabobber. And you were just going to see this little rise and then it was going to be no big deal and everyone's going to move on with their happy little lives. And, and Biden was going to be the best president in U.S. history. Now, I think he's been one of the worst if we start looking at all those numbers but they keep trying to use that verbiage that it's going to be a temporary it's going to be a thing how often have we seen prices come down now the 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 numbers of prices that you said came down doesn't come close to the prices that we saw go up yeah so overall the economy was worse but 
in none of those numbers is housing included. So when you're talking about big purchase items where you have to borrow money, when it's a, whether it's a car or a house or even an investment, those prices are way up if you're borrowing money because of the interest rates. So you're going to end up handing over to the banking systems right. a, a lot more of your money than just a few years back. So all of your prices for everything down here have gone up and the cost to borrow money up here on bigger investments, maybe non-necessities. Of course, housing is kind of a necessity. Sure. But even the rental costs have gone way up. So I think the Federal Reserve raising rates and this, this manipulation in the news that they are helping soften the blow to the economy, really the consumers pay at the end. It doesn't matter. We're paying one way or the other. Oh, you bet, man. And bear in mind, ladies and gentlemen, the, the numbers that I've given you, the percentages and whatnot, are weighted averages across the nation. Your local jurisdictions may very well be different, and I'll give you a good illustration. You know, right before Christmas, you heard me complaining about how much I ended up paying for eggs. You know, and when we buy eggs, we buy the, you know, five dozen, the box of five dozen. The hernia pack. Yeah, the hernia pack. And, you know, previously, you know, a couple of years ago, they were five ninety nine a box. Right. Okay, now we're talking 15. Now, according to this list that I just got done rattling off some percentages for you, the nationwide increase was 49.1%. Okay, if I'm paying like 15 bucks for this box that I used to pay 599 for, uh, I mean, it's cost. already, yeah, doubled almost double and a half here. Right. Tripled. So, again, some of these items may very well be a lot higher, and you may feel as though they are a lot higher because those prices, like I said, are weighted averages across the nation as a whole well so. and and if you look at a lot of those costs a lot of that has to do with supply chain costs and you had if you look at that time frame what was the cost of diesel back in 2020 right two dollars and some odd cents 80 yeah. cents a gallon 260 a gallon right yeah, now it's up over five and it's still over five isn't it well in, in some places it's you know just you know four and a half dollars a gallon just four and a half it's yeah crazy. and you crazy. know you start looking around and you're like wow that was a great fuel price for diesel when you're you know the, you look right. at these semi companies these people that deliver our food deliver the goods to the grocery stores deliver them across the country from our ports of entry where there were shipping out or shipping in and they're looking at the cost of diesel and they're like wow four dollars and fifty cents that's a great price wait a minute just two years ago well going on three years ago now you were paying half of that almost and so you, when you look at the price of all of those things, it's not just the producers, it's not just the government, it's not just the reduction in your purchasing power of the dollar because of inflation, it's also that fuel cost because of a bad energy policy. Yeah, big time. And speaking of bad energy policy, you know, I, I unfortunately didn't grab a copy of the article. I just got done looking at a headline on the way into the studio and one of the other laws that ended up changing, but it changed down in California is the fact now, and again, I, I want to get my hands on the article, but the headline that I believe that I ended up reading was something to the effect of California is now banning and outlawing the use of car and bus engines that have been manufactured earlier than 2010. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's one of the uh, one of the uh, government regulation things that they're doing to combat, you know, the global warming at this particular yeah, point. Climate change. I mean, can you believe that? 
And oh, I, I wonder how many trucking companies and independent truckers are going to end up getting put out of business. Well, I can tell you that some of the more major trucking corporations, they'll use their trucks for half a million miles, you know, 500,000 miles. Yeah. And a lot of them will have gotten rid of their semi-trucks. But I'll tell you, the industries that utilize semi-trucks that are a million or two million miles and might be in that old of an age range are going to be your produce and your farmers. Yeah. And so you want to talk about the increased cost of basic staples and food products. You can blame your government if you're California or anywhere that obviously California exports a lot of those goods and that increased cost to the consumer is going to be felt wherever those products, if, if you eat salad, you're going to see the price go up. Oh, you bet. And you know, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we want to bring this up because the Washington state legislature is about ready to go into session here in about another week to two. And we have no feel at this particular point where the Democrat-controlled legislature is going to be taking us during this particular session. But we do know that there seems to be a little bit of copycatting going on between the states of California and well, uh, Oregon Washington to some extent, and Oregon right, to right. some extent. Well, but you're going to see, so Washington State, of course, the road they're going to take us down, Mike, isn't going to be very far unless there's a charging station because it's going to be by EV. <laughs> and you're going to be going unarmed with, obviously, a lower capacity magazine sure so you know they're gonna obviously go after the gun rights some more that's a big push and the big thing that's that's questioned by a lot of people too is this new gas tax and we can talk about that on another show because people are are the gas going to go up 50 cents tomorrow no that's not going to exactly happen if it does it's going to not be because of the cap and trade thing because they're going to manipulate it more in a way that you're not going to see it at the pump so yeah we'll talk betcha. about that tomorrow yep absolutely all of that being said mike and tim are out of here today we'll be back at you in your face again tomorrow bye-bye